tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Well, we are ready to start our first uh, conversation as uh, we look at the concepts of manifestation and predestination. Also looking at the concept of, you know, just what does predestination mean? Is there such a thing? Uh, We are going to look at the various religious and spiritual, um, you know, groups that we have uh, joining us on uh, the show who are going to help us understand how they navigate through life to attain the life that they want. Others believe in prayer, others believe in libations through Pasha, um, others believe in um, you know, speaking the right thing, meditation, but is there such thing as predestination? And also, if there is, then how do we truly manifest the higher life that we all want? We're going to welcome our first guest, Dr. John Ostrowick, who is um, a PhD philosophy of science holder, and he is uh, eight research papers um, that he's got mostly on the existence of God and some on neuroscience. He's a senior member of uh, the Secular Society of South Africa and currently employed by the government. Thank you very much, Dr. Ostrowick, for joining us. Good evening. Good evening. So, Dr. Ostrowick, um, firstly, for people who might not understand what being an atheist is, could you give us an understanding of what an atheist is? So, it's a very broad uh, group of people. Um, there's a very famous biologist in the UK called uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, and he did a scale of one to seven. Uh, anyone who holds beliefs on his scale above six or six and seven uh, on the scale would be considered an atheist. That is somebody who either strongly denies or ab- absolutely denies the existence of deities or a deity. It doesn't mean anything beyond that. It's not a political position in the sense of you get different people from different political backgrounds in atheism. Uh, quite a lot of atheists are what we call libertarians, so they're more right-wing. Um, uh, very few, there's, there's a range. It's, it's not anything beyond just denying the existence of gods. So you might find some atheists um, waver on their commitment to scientific principles and they believe in things like, say, astrology, or they might believe in certain superstitions, uh, but they still might deny the existence of gods. So from that, uh, you can see that it's, it's not a homogenous group. But it is a group, however, that um, probably has a way of living that is homogenous. Uh, for instance, when it comes to the notion of predestiny, is there such thing, uh, according to atheists? Are we predestined for a certain life? So just briefly on that, so there is no uniform way of living, mm-hmm. uh, according to being an atheist. Uh, you get some who are highly satirical atheists. So, for example, in the United States, there's a group called Church of Satan. They are not actually Satanists. They pretend to be in order to shock Americans. Uh, They're not uh, remotely uh, kind of goat worshipping people that you think they are. So so there is no way of living uh, at all. So, uh, for example, myself, I don't do anything unusual or ritualistic in any way. Uh, Regarding your question of predestination or, or destiny, uh, you might find some who believe it. Uh, there's some who talk as if they believe it. 
But I think if you push an atheist on their the commitment to scientific principles, uh, they would say that it, it seems that there's kind of two possibilities, right? Uh, you could either be predestined in a sense because of laws of causation in the universe, uh, but there's, there's a debate around that, and then you might get um, atheists who lean towards, say, what we call the mathematics of chaos or the mathematics of quantum mechanics, uh, both of which suggest that everything is random, in which case there's no such thing as predestination. So the concept of predestination where some being or beings choose what your life outcomes are going to be, uh, that's a very foreign concept to an atheist. Let me welcome our next guest, Mkulu um, Solindugu, who is a traditional health practitioner, um, and uh, he's also from this is the sector leader and deputy chairperson of the South African National AIDS Council. Thank you very much, Mkulu um, Ndugu, for joining us. Good evening. Very good evening, John, and your listenership. Um, I'm going well, to. Oh, thank you very much for joining us. So I'm going to ask you a similar question from Dr. Osterwick, um that I asked him: Is there such thing as predestiny in African spirituality? Yes, Anna. I'll say my simple response is yes, because in the African spirituality there is um, a simple understanding that uh, our lives are twofold. There is life that we live um, when we are on earth, and uh, there is also a unbelief that um, when you depart uh, from this uh, life, it is not the end. It is just a beginning towards another life a life that uh, becomes uh, eternal. So in terms of the African spirituality, you'll find that there is a sense of convergence with other forms of uh, spirituality and belief systems in terms of that. So in terms of the predestination, uh, certainly there is that kind of um, and understanding and belief in the African spirituality that there is. Because uh, when you depart through death, it is not perceived to be the end. It is perceived to be the beginning of another journey to another life, uh, which is eternal. So it's a journey that you travel and which you have got processes that you go through. And eventually you arrive to that life and you serve a purpose which is different from the purpose that you were serving when you were still earthly. Now, Mkulundugu, is African spirituality broad, or do all Africans, irregardless of which part of uh, the continent they come from, believe in the same principles that you have just outlined? Um, there is a broader commonality in terms of African spirituality. But unfortunately, we have to take into cognizance that uh, the African spirituality and the African belief system has been the prime target of the, of the colonization. And as a result of that, you'll find a, some level of distortion due to the influences of different, of other faiths, which were also promoted 
which were also promoted, but also uh, uh, accompanying and supported colonialism. But if you look at them, you'll find that there are some common fundamentals that uh, are very much similar and identical in the African spirituality. And my response is to say they are not the same, but there are similarities. So the similarities when it comes to predestiny or, you know, a predetermined life, are they all, is it, are they very uh, similar or is it similarities that depend on where uh, or which part of the continent you come from? Yes, when it comes to the predestined life and the predestination, it is one area of commonality which you identify. But there might be some differences in terms of the steps that have been followed in terms of preparation for that life and the preparation for one to enter the journey of that life and in preparation at the beginning of the journey itself and also in preparation because also in terms of the African uh, principles of African spirituality, you don't prepare uh, for the predestined life when you are moving towards the end of your life. You get prepared the day you are introduced into the earthly life. It is the beginning of the journey towards the predestined life. I'm coming to you now, Dr. Ostrowick. Um, you say that, you know, in atheism, there, there are very varying ways of practice, but um, predestiny is not necessarily something that exists or that, you know, is defined for anyone to follow. And you also mentioned that you yourself don't have any rituals. So a lot of people will say, I meditate to manifest what I want. As an atheist, maybe from your point of view or the, 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 the side of atheism that you come from, do you practice such things? Do you manifest or do you just allow life to be? So thanks for that question. Yes, there are people that do that sort of thing. I wouldn't call them atheists. I'd call them uh, people that follow the uh, a book called The Secret. I forget who the author is now. Uh, a belief that if you just sort of meditate on something, it will happen. Um, to a certain extent, from a psychological perspective and the perspective of psychological science, I believe that there is some truth to that, um, because I think that the way you think uh, influences your attitude in the world, and therefore what happens to you in the world as a function of your body language and so on. It's got nothing to do with magical control of the world. So, for example, if you act confident, people will treat you as if you're confident and treat you better than if you act, uh, say, passively or uh, scared or embarrassed or whatever. Um, so on, on the matter of, of predestination, so, so what Kulinduku um, was saying just now, uh, there's a sense in which one could be predestined. So, for example, as we know in South Africa, the structural racism, the structural uh, discrimination against persons who are disadvantaged, uh, such as myself, and what happens with those people is they then are, in effect, predestined by society uh, through social forces. And that's what I meant by my earlier comment about causation leading to you having a kind of a predestined life as such. However, that being said, what I said about uh, chaos and uh, quantum mechanics, those are two randomizing systems that exist uh, in scientific literature and in the world indeed. So, for example, we all know how difficult it is to predict the weather, and that's because the weather is a chaotic system in the mathematical sense. So the mathematics that predict the weather are 
just cannot actually accurately predict it. Uh, and it's the same with human beings. So one of my papers, I argue that human beings are chaotic systems, not in the sense that they're disordered, not in the sense that they don't follow rules, but in the sense that they're sort of unpredictable to a certain extent. And that sort of unpredictability in a human being, which a lot of people like to call free will, which I disagree with as well, I think it's the wrong way of putting it, uh, that ability of humans to just do random stuff or apparently random stuff makes a small difference in, in a human's life and, and prevents them from being pure products of socialization. So my, so my worry with the concept of predestination is it makes you into a passive victim. So you just sort of sit there like a kind of a, uh, you know, a person who's ineffectual uh, and you just let life walk all over you. And, and that's not the, the, the approach that, that's recommended either. Um, I'm opening up the lines. Uh, please do join in if you are listening at home, at work, wherever you may be on this very interesting conversation where we are looking at manifestation, predestination uh, or predestiny, uh, if there is such a thing. Join in on the conversation. Ask your questions. Our guests uh, currently, we've got Dr. John Ostrowick and uh, we've also got Mkulu Solinduku, who are speaking from varying sides of faith, if we may so call it, or belief systems or understanding of uh, the spiritual life. Uh, and they are able to give us perspective from their various uh, sides of, you know, the coin. So I'd like you to join in. Help us, you know, in this conversation by asking questions or even even giving us your point of view of such. If you are one that believes in predestiny, tell us uh, why. Why do you believe in predestiny? What is it uh, in predestiny that you are practicing and how do you manifest what you want to attain? 0614-104-107. That is our WhatsApp number or you can call in on 086-000-2032. SMSs go to 41391. Now, we are still trying to get hold of Pastor Vincent Mafu, who's going to give us the Christian point of view. But up until we get hold of him, we won't be able to uh, engage in that conversation. However, if you from the Christian faith, please do let us know. If you are Muslim, let us know. What is manifestation to you? Um, And if you are Hindu, whatever it is that you believe in, please join in on the conversation. Now, uh, uh, Dr. Osterwick, you mentioned a book that some, uh, you know, atheist would look at, The Secret. Is that the book you were talking about, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to get yeah. Rhonda Byrne. Uh, Rhonda That's Byrne, yeah. Time. So th- that book was one quite famous book. I think it was part of Oprah's uh, book club, um, yeah. all the editions that came out of it. Why would other atheists go for such a book? Is it because Rhonda herself is an atheist and this manifestation is something that maybe has some scientific background in it? No, no. So, so look, the book was released in 2006, which um, was roughly the time that the, the, the debate started to become public about atheism versus religion. Uh, it followed closely on Dawkins' um, God Delusion book. Now, Rhonda herself, I don't know if she's an atheist or not. I'd have to look that up. Um, and it was promoted by, as you said, Oprah. The book has got a kind of a pseudoscientific approach, which might attract some atheists. So it talks about a law of attraction. So you sort of think or wish, as it were, about what it is. I'm, I'm oversimplifying what she says. Uh, what you want to happen, and then you've got the sort of energy, and then this, it makes your life more effective, and you know what you want comes true. 
Let me ask you a question from one of our listeners, uh, Kat, who's in Peter Maritzburg. Um, A.T.M. Kat says, hi, Patricia, please ask your guest, what is the difference between atheist, anti-theist and agnostic? Well, that's a slightly different topic, but I can give you a quick answer. So anti-theist is somebody who's opposed to religion. He thinks it's actively a bad thing. Atheist is somebody who simply doesn't believe in God. Uh, and a, a agnostic is somebody who's not sure whether God exists or not. So it's quite a clear distinction. Mm. Maybe this is a discussion we should be having in future, Joey, because I, I'm thinking a lot of people would like to know more about these uh, different, you know, um, uh, you know, titles. I, I also, for for my sake, uh, Doctor Osterwick, is it mm. faith? Because w- w- what do I say if a person's an atheist? Is that their faith? Because they don't necessarily believe in a deity or any higher power or God. Right. So, so that's a very common question put to atheists. Uh, and the answer is you don't say that you have a faith in no in, a, in there being no unicorns, and you don't say you have a faith in there being no tooth fairy, and you don't have a faith that Father Christmas is really your dad. Um, so, so to say you have a faith in a, in a negative proposition which has no content apart from denying some other proposition isn't really a faith statement, it's more an evidential position. So what I mean by that is, let's say you've got a crook in court and he's accused of murder, right? Mm-hmm. You, you won't ever have a judge say, I have faith you're guilty and now I'm sentencing you to, say, life in prison. What you would have is you'd have a judge who would weigh the evidence for and against the guilt and then say it looks like you're guilty so now we're going to put you in prison. You never have faith that you're guilty. So it's the same with God. So atheist position on God is, look, to us, the evidence doesn't look good. Uh, you can explain most of it away. Uh, so when you when you get told, you know, that there is such a thing, you're like, well, look, the evidence isn't very really good, so we don't believe it. That's all it is. It's not saying we, we're absolutely 100% certain. There are very few atheists who will say they're 100% certain. Uh, I've personally only met maybe one um, most of them would hedge their bets and, say, and not, not because they're scared of anything, just because they, they're not 100% convinced that it's either true or not true, but they're more convinced that it's true that there's no such thing. So it's not a faith, it's, it's based on evidence. Faith is where you take something as true without evidence. Mm. You just have faith Jesus existed, you just have faith that he did miracles. Your only evidence is a book, right? Uh, and your personal spiritual experience and so on and so on, but that's internal evidence, right? It's not empirical, we can't agree on it. At least now we've got a better understanding. I'm coming to you, Mkulundu. Uh, earlier you were describing, you know, uh, destiny or predestiny. And you made it sound like, in fact, you did say that the earthly life prepares you for the afterlife of which we are dis- we are destined for. So is there nothing that a person is destined for, according to African spirituality, while they are on earth? <clears throat> Um the, the the destiny is very much dependent on a number of uh, attributes and a number of factors. Uh, because in the African spirituality the way you begin, the way you are introduced, the way you are initiated into the journey of life, the earthly life. It's a beginning of the actual journey to your ultimate destiny. 
post um, uh, recruitment motives that is in the internal life. Um, it is not obvious that after death I will become an ancestor and an ancestor that is a good spirit. It is not obvious that uh, post this life, I will be an ancestor that will bring uh, about peace and harmony. It is, it is determined by the journey of life that I have lived, that I've been initiated to at the beginning, the way I've lived life, the manner in which I conducted it myself, on how I treated other people, the rituals that I performed, on how my final rituals were conducted. Because there are specific acts that need to be performed. I might have erred, I might have missed other steps in life, but it becomes important that at the ultimate end, when I'm introduced now at the beginning, of the journey of the final destiny. Those who are responsible have to perform certain rituals that seek to cleanse me of the ills and the evils that will assist in the predetermination, actually into the journey of reaching the ultimate destination of the predetermined journey. So the predetermined destiny in the African spirituality, it is not too obvious. It depends on the various steps, the various stages, the various uh, processes that are being followed. Hence, at the end, you'll find that uh, in our belief system as Africans, is that there are good spirits, they are also bad spirits. There are people who are our closest relatives, who are closest relatives who have been part of our lives. But when they actually reach the predestined life, that is the eternal life, it is always advised that you distance yourself from that spirit because that spirit is believed that it is not bringing about the good or man, it's bringing about the bad or man into your life. So there are two options that you have to look into as a member to assist in undertaking the processes of ensuring that that spirit is cleansed and also is integrated to those spirits that are cleansed, are purified in the predestined life. And there are also those spirits that have believed that they remain in wilderness because there is no one in their family who takes responsibility because of number of factors who could be regarded as civilization or religious influences, etc. It sounds very much like from the traditional point of view, uh, there's a huge, you know, um, uh, let me use the right word, but a, a huge emphasis or a huge concentration on the afterlife. 
and I'm, I'm going to bring it a bit to the Christian faith where you hear people say, pray until you get it, you know, um, pray for your miracle, pray for your breakthrough. What then, and they're not talking about the afterlife, they're talking about when you are facing challenges now or you want a specific thing, maybe it's a job or marriage or a child, you are told to pray from the Christian point of view, you are told to read the Bible. In the African spiritual side, is there such a thing? Or is everything that is being done here on earth to fix for those who have passed on and fix for yourself for when you pass on? One of the critical points in the African spirituality is that African spirituality is interwoven to the value system of our lives. It is about the good life. It is about how you believe, how you could do things. It is not about that you do in order to be good post-death. Because if you are not good now, there's nothing that will make you good after after death. But, but so, Mkulundu, I, I don't know if you're understanding me. There's a person who's who wants a job, who needs a job now. There's a, a couple that is needing a child now. They're still alive. What do they do to, to get what they want? Or is there no such thing? Uh, for those, if you want uh, to achieve what you want now, one, you need to believe into the universe. Two, you need to believe on the role that the nature and plays in your environment. Okay, take it slow. Three, when you say believe in the universe, what do you mean? You must believe that mm. uh, there is a superpower, there is a creator of everything. Okay. And it's important that uh, you respect and recognize that. All right, so the second and you must, The second point if you recognize that the superpower, you must recognize that there is an environment and nature. And on how you relate to nature and environment, it's a determinant of the peaceful life. It is a determinant of your success. How you treat nature, how you treat the environment. When you talk environment, that includes the people. It includes even what is, is not human but it's still environment. So all those things, they've got a meaningful role to play in your life. So in the process of actually praying uh, to the Creator, in the process of requesting your spiritual being, that is your ancestors and your forebears, to assist and guide you in the journey of prosperity, you must do that in the context of recognizing, respecting, and also appeasing the nature and environment. That's why in our process of actually, of Ukupasha, which is liberation, you realize that we also relate to the trees, to the plants, to the rivers, we relate to water, because we believe that our livelihood is not in isolation of what is around us. So if we treat the environment well, if we respect the nature well, and we treat the environment in the manner in which it's supposed to be treated, we believe that the, that, uh, the universe and the creator will be able to deliver to us success, prosperity, peace, because we are doing what is right to the nature and environment, including other people. 
So that's why in the African Spiritualities Act, some of the people, some of us, we are not just suffering because we are unlucky or we are actually having misfortunes, but it is because on how we've treated other people, on how our forebears have treated other people, because we believe that also true lineage we also carry the blood and the spirits of those who are forebears to us. That's why I said in the spiritual life in terms of our Oh, we've lost Mkulundugu there. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. There are voice notes. Uh, please stay with us uh, as we continue in this very interesting, very, very informative uh, conversation we are having with our guest, uh, Dr. John Ostrowick and Mkulu Solindu. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Continue with our discussion. Remember, you can join in on 0614104107. That's the WhatsApp number or SMS 41391. We are talking about uh, predestiny, manifesting what you want, um, and how it works in your traditional religious or just the way of life that you are currently practicing. Our guests are Mkulu Solinduku, who is uh, the, from the traditional health practitioners, uh, sector leader there, and is also the deputy chairperson for the South African uh, National AIDS Council. Our other guest is Dr. John Osterwick, who is a PhD um, holder in philosophy of science. He's got eight research papers, and most of them um, are on uh, the existence of God and some on neuroscience. He's also a senior member of uh, the Circular um, Society of South Africa and currently employed by government and is giving us the point of view uh, from the atheists. I've got a question for you here, Dr. Ostrowick, via our WhatsApp, and it's from Kat in PMB again, who says, uh, would you be able to clarify whether the power of positive thinking is considered as faith or quantum physics? So it, it would be neither. It would just be um, a psychological technique so in psychology, you've got a number of therapy techniques. One of them is called um, cognitive behavioral therapy. So in cognitive behavioral therapy, if you are suffering from a uh, disorder of some kind, or let's just say you're struggling with life, what they would do is they would advise you to look at the way you think uh, and your methods of thinking and the sort of things you say to yourself, and they would then encourage you to uh, stop thinking in that way. So in other words, change your cognitive behavior. So power of positive thinking is one of those uh, CBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy uh, methods, and it deals with um, changing the way you think. So whether it's quantum mechanics or not, uh, that's up for debate. There is a debate at the moment that's ongoing with neuroscientists about what makes a person conscious. Uh, One of the theories is that it's quantum state. I don't personally believe that. Um, But, um, yeah, that's up for debate. Uh, In the same vein, I mean, there's a lot, a huge move for a couple of years on vision boards. People uh, create vision boards for their lives, uh, create resolutions Mm -hmm. and life goals. Is this something that would be practiced by an atheist? And if so... Uh, where is, you know, is, is, 
since there's no deity that's been believed in, where is the source of just saying this vision is going to happen? Is it coming from self-determination? Well, I mean, as, as I said earlier, there's a number of causal factors that play into your life, so it's not just your sort of wishful thinking that's going to work. Um, so with the greatest respect towards the religious group, um, and I mean that sincerely, I don't mean it sarcastically, um, but the concept of prayer, where you are sort of talking to a deity, um, is, is a similar sort of concept to positive thinking. Um, but I don't know where the source of efficacy lies, by which I mean, I wouldn't say, see, I wouldn't commit to there's some sort of force external to yourself that causes you to be successful or failure. I think uh, I think a lot of it's got to do with luck. Uh, for example, who you meet, um, where you were born, what language you were born speaking. So, for example, I consider myself very lucky having been born to speak English. Um, people who don't have to learn an additional language and so on. So, so there's, there's, there's luck factors that come into how successful you are. So if you put up a vision board saying what you want to do with your life, that's just step one. Uh, step two would be to do something about it. You don't just sit there and look at it. Um, you're going to have to do something about it. And doing something about it might be something like enroll in a university course, um, hang out at a bar where you know lots of rich guys hang out. You know, there's, there's different ways you can be successful. Okay, uh, let's go to some of the voice notes that uh, we've been sent. Mm -hmm. Hi, Patricia and the guests. As Christians, we do not manifest, but we put our faith and trust in the Lord to provide for our needs and wishes. So we go to God in prayer and we make our wishes known to him. And if he sees fit or if he sees fit, he will grant our wishes and we know that um, he will not grant anything that is not according to his will so we do not manifest because there is a god who exists and who is almighty those who manifest are actually people who put man on the throne and take throw god out of the picture so as christians we do not do that the hill. Good evening, Patricia and your guests. Uh, when God created the world, He had human beings in mind because He's got love and grace and mercy. He had already predestined everyone to be in His kingdom in heaven. That's why He started with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That was predestination. But Adam and Eve made choices contrary to what God wants. And therefore forfeit the predestination. So now God gave us another reconciliation when Jesus died on the cross. If we accept Jesus and his blood as our savior and sacrifice, the predestination is reconditioned. If we don't, it is forfeited. Sure. 
Okay, so those two voice notes come from uh, Christians. Mzwandile um, is speaking about, you know, not manifesting and just praying and going to God and requesting and, you know, making your request known. If God uh, feels fit, then God will grant you those. But I know that according to James 2 in the Bible, it says God has chosen the poor of this world who are rich in faith. Salvation is gained by keeping the whole law. Faith without works is dead. So if you are going to pray and not have works, what does that then mean? Does it mean then, you know, since you don't manifest what you want, um, you just pray and you just sit around? Maybe Mzwandile, come back and, and explain to me uh, in relation to James 2, that faith without works is actually dead, according to Christian faith. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll come back to more voice notes. And if you'd like to call in and join in on the conversations on 86 if you we continue with our discussion around uh, manifesting what you want, the desires of your heart, uh, that vision board, uh, that action plan, those dreams for yourself, whatever it is that you see as breakthrough that you require, and also talking about pre destiny you know is everything predetermined before you are even born um I, I heard the last two voice notes and i'm sure i guess i've also heard them i'll give them opportunity to to weigh in on them but the, the, the other one was speaking about you know our destiny and so on the voice notes that is uh, um, um, ephesians 1 verse 11 says before we were even born he, uh, God, gave us our destiny, that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. So the, it seems from the Christian point of view, and I'm sad that we still can't get hold of Pastor Vincent Mafu. It's probably network um, due to load shedding and other things. But it seems there is predestiny in uh, the Christian faith and um, because it says in Ephesians 1 verse 11, God gave us our destiny, that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. All right, we continue um, with, uh, with the voice notes and then we'll come and get the views from our um, guests. Uh, good evening, Patricia and your guests. Uh, predestination is like the laws of a country. When the laws are put in place, they are there to guarantee that everyone is safe. If everyone follows those laws, nobody will be hurt, nobody will be killed. As the same applies to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. It was meant to save everybody. That is what is called predestination. The simplest that everyone was gonna enter heaven if they follow or accept Jesus as the sacrifice for our sins. But the predestination is cancelled when we don't have faith in Jesus Christ, when we don't believe in Jesus Christ. Then we forfeit the predestination. That is what it is, and that's why it's difficult to understand. I'm going to uh, come uh, firstly to you, um, uh, Dr. John Ostrowick. Just uh, give us your thoughts on hearing the voice notes that we've had from our listeners. I know you are not speaking from a Christian point of view, but uh, from your point of view as an atheist. So, look, I've, uh, there's a joke in the atheist community that uh, A, if you want to be an atheist, read the Bible, uh, and B, if you 
if you talk to an atheist, you'll find they know more about the Bible than your generic Christians do. And the reason is that atheists spend quite a lot of their time reading the Bible in order to understand exactly what the position is of Christianity and Judaism. Uh, so, for example, I've just uh, identified the second author as claiming, uh, the second voice note is claiming that you have to do works in order to achieve your goals, which I would agree with. However, the same book, Ephesians 2.8, says, By grace you're saved through faith, not through works, lest any man should boast. So, in fact, the Bible contradicts itself on a number of points, and it's one of the reasons why myself and others are atheists, because we don't find consistency in this book. So, for us, you know, to debate the merits of Christian positions on these is, is kind of moot. There's, there's a very large scholarship on this. Uh, the Calvinist Church, for example, the uh, Dutch Reformed Church in this country, uh, holds to a form of predestination, whereas other churches don't. Um, so, in fact, the, the view that, that we are predestined by God and that only Jesus can save us is the Calvinist view, whereas other churches hold that... Uh, you should actually do good works and thereby earn grace. So, you know, from from an atheist perspective, this is all just academic, theological kind of discussion. It's not really of interest to us um, because it's considered mostly false anyway. Um, that's really all I would tend to say on those points. Mkulundu, um, what are your thoughts on the voice notes we received? No. <clears throat> I think what is it's important is that um, for for our understanding is that the predestination it cannot be one of its own. But there is one fundamental thing that is predestination in the sense that uh, humans are also spiritual beings, and when we live this life, there is a predestination in that eventually we'll reach the spiritual life. But uh, the nature and the form of the spiritual life, it varies and it differs. Hence, then, it becomes uh, important that um, you don't separate the spiritual life from the life that you live. Um, What you do now, it is interlinked to the spiritual life that you seek to achieve. But the other thing which is important is that um, in African, we believe that uh, you you work in order to achieve. Hence, even in our prayers, when we make pleas and appeals to the universe and Mother Nature, we'll say, Creator, uh, bless our land, um, bless our crops, let our land flourish. Let uh, our livestock um, flourish uh, so that we can live the life that we are meant to live, the good life. And that does not come miraculously. It comes together with the effort that we put in ensuring that happens. That uh, goes along with the effort that you put in preserving what the universe gives you in terms of nature. How do you ensure that the nature, the environment is protected in order to ensure that the spiritual part of our being and the spiritual part component of our nature is protected 
it is what will translate into success, prosperity, and achievement. But uh, there is nothing. There is nothing that really is along with our beliefs that uh, if we appease the ancestors or we appease the creator, things will happen automatically. For me to become a medical practitioner, I still have to make sure that I work hard and learn and achieve good results. It cannot be true that uh, I pray the ancestors, I pray the creator, and that happens. So it All right, and I need to hold it the there, Mkulundu. Said that, uh, Mkulundu, we need to stop. Mkulundu, Mkulundu. We believe that I no longer have time, Mkulundugu, to, to continue the conversation um, because I need to go to the news now. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Unfortunately, I won't be able to also give uh, Dr. Ostrowick an opportunity to give us his closing comments because uh, it's 8 o'clock already. But thank you to both our guests for joining us. Let's go to Greg Hosu with the news at 8.